0: Talk shoes.
1: Recorded live.
0: What? Well, uh, it's Sunday. And I'm Zach Berry. Uh, welcome to Podcast Rebellion. We're going to do a new thing uh, starting, uh, we'll be recording it on Sundays, but uh, it'll be something for you to listen to on Monday when you are hating uh, 8, 9 a.m. at your job, wherever you are. Um, joining me is our very own Gray Hardison, and fittingly, we are going to call these the gray area. Um, We are going to sift through the muck and the awfulness that is a Sunday hangover after a college football Saturday, and myself and Gray will break down all the good and bad things from each Ole Miss game. So Gray, after that long-winded intro, what up, man?
1: Oh, not much. Just, I uh, thank you for uh, naming it that. After I gave you uh, twenty five dollars, that was a pretty easy, uh, that was a pretty <laughs> easy sponsorship bid, right there.
0: There you go. Yeah. So, the city of uh, Austin, Texas, will be uh, sponsoring us for this. So um, we, we thank you. So um, let's go ahead and jump right into this. Uh, Ole Miss wins forty eight twenty eight. Kind of a snoozer of a game. Um, with all the gripes that I have from the game. You beat a team the the way you're supposed to beat them. That was a good Memphis team, but um, just doing a recap. We'll start out with the my bad takes from the game, and then uh, I'll let you kind of bounce some ideas off of me. Um, I, I, this is uh, we're gonna we're heading into the bye week. It's week six. I have to think that Carlos Davis and Rod Taylor have some kind of blackmail on Hugh Freeze because they continue to play. Uh, can can you explain this? I mean. <laughs> No,
1: I'm I, I like you, I, 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 I was, it was texting another friend last night and that was, we didn't mention Davis, but, uh, but the Rod Taylor thing, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't see what they see. I mean, obviously they see something because while I mean, unless you're, unless the blackmail theory is correct, uh, I, I just, that one just makes no sense to me at all.
0: Yeah, and it's, you know, Carlos Davis is it's a little bit different. I don't, I don't think he should be playing corner. He's at a disadvantage size wise. And I just think that the two the two, the two Jalen's are playing better. I think Jalen Julius and Jalen Jones have played better against better competition. They, they looked really good against Georgia. Um, a Memphis offense that is very explosive. Uh, they still held their own and Carlos Davis just doesn't look comfortable and he's just smaller. Um, but with Rod Taylor, just slide him inside. I don't know why they continue to play him at left tackle. He continuously gets beat. Um, against Memphis, who doesn't really have a legitimate pass rusher, uh, Jernard Avery a couple times got around the edge on him, which that's a name that almost fans know and hate because he's one of the misses at linebacker. But I don't know, man. I, we'll have to maybe uh, do some investigating to figure that out. Um, Next on the docket for the uh bad things that I absolutely hated, uh red zone play calling. Again, try to explain this to me, Greg. I I don't, I
1: might against well, Georgia. I was at the game with my dad and we sort of had the same same conversation when he brought in uh Teller and and I guess some of the the blocking tight ends or fullbacks whatever that whole crew. I don't it's just like it's it's sort of like he found Freeze found another version of a Jeremy Liggins play and he just can't help himself. He has to, the idea of just running your standard stuff, like, no, it just goes out of, he's like, no, 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 we have this other toy that I want to play with down here. So we're going to bring that in. And, and I mean, I I think Pellerin is a great runner, but you automatically, uh, we're not going to throw with him down there. We're just, I mean, they, they, on one of his touchdown runs, it was obviously a a couple, he was supposed to throw it out in a flat, but he kept it. But you automatically just take away uh, a threat of the pass. And it's just like – and what he, yeah, like I said, Peller is a good runner, but how much of a better runner is he in the chat? Like, not much. But with Chad in, you at least have a chance you're going to throw the ball. And he just I, – I just, unlike you. It drives me crazy that he just frees. He just gets me. He just cannot help himself because he just – like I said, I don't, he likes to play with all these different toys, I guess. I don't know. But I would like it to stop very much.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's the the old adage, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And obviously, the Ole Miss offense is cooking when Chad Kelly is using his big-bodied receivers and challenging DBs in one-on-one scenarios. And, I mean, the red zone is where one-on-one situations happen. And I just don't, for the life of me, don't understand. Um, Sticking with that, uh, Chad Kelly, the back foot throws have to stop. the tip six was was beautifully planned and choreographed, and it worked mm. like a charm last year against Bama, but uh, Chad had another back foot throw that cost the Rebels a scoring chance in the red zone. Um, yeah, I, I just think he needs to learn how to take sacks and or get out of the pocket and take your one or two yard gain or just throw it away.
1: Yeah, he's, uh, I guess this is going to be a problem the rest of the year. I mean, because I, I mean, it's now going on a year and a half, that like he has to they've he has to figure out he's playing the I don't know if Memphis is, doesn't have the talent Ole Miss does but they've got they've got good players uh, scattered around and he just has to realize when you know quality players are playing quality players you're not going to win every single time and it's fine if you don't let's talking about an individual play you're not going to win the play every single time and it's fine if you don't uh, but like you said. You have to recognize you're not going to win this play. Throw it away. Take a sack. Check it down. I mean, with that interception, you talk about the back to the interception, uh, he had Akeem Judd just by himself in the flat. Now, uh, Judd might have gotten, I don't know, five yards, ten yards, but it's better than an interception. And and he just continues to do stuff like that. And it's just uh, – anyway, it's very frustrating, and I wish it would stop
0: like like the uh, red zone play calling, I wish it would stop. Yeah, uh, just another thing that uh, is really grinding my gears. Um, one thing I noticed in the game, and I don't know if you noticed it, uh, playing the second string offensive line, maybe maybe third string, um, when the game was still kind of in doubt. Uh, Ole Miss was still leading, um, but Memphis was making their third quarter run. Uh, teams have done this all year to Ole Miss. Um, they cut it to six, and you look down there, and you got guys like Alex Gibbons and Durante Bolden, uh, that are playing and I don't understand why Matt Luke and Hugh Freeze want to do this. Do you have an answer?
1: Uh I do not. My only thought was uh they figure uh like you said earlier Memphis the defensive line is not is, you know not nothing really special and so they uh they felt like it would get the get the younger guys some experience. I don't know. I I mean it's sort of like I guess we're still tr- I guess this falls in the same vein of like why is Rod Taylor playing? It's I don't know. They they clearly see something or saw something, uh, but what that
0: is, I, I have no idea. Yeah, we'll, we'll look into it again. I think it might be, you know, Rod Taylor might have that blackmail. He might be forcing Hugh Freeze to play some guys. Um two things that uh some some synergy here defensively, missed sacks and dropped interceptions were uh could could have been uh Detrimental in the game uh, they got to start closing out on defense
1: Yeah, and the, the
0: mid-sacks
1: I mean, I don't think Memphis blocked Haynes Once all night And he just caused all sorts of problems for them But he would just come in And I'm not picking on him There were other people this time But it just happened with him so much Because, like I said, they, they didn't block him uh, He just comes charging in You know, just sort of out of control And, uh, and uh, with Ferguson, Memphis' quarterback I mean, he's a good enough athlete, and he can dodge a guy who's coming to charge in out of control. And so, containment gets broken, and now you got a busted play, and he can run around and, like I think Freeze mentioned in his uh, in his post game comments, he said you're basically the way the defense set up is you're ask you want to ask your guys to cover for about three seconds, and then the pressure gets there. But when containment gets broken, all of a sudden now they're having to defend for six and seven seconds, and they're just both youth. Well, I guess it's inexperience and. I don't know, maybe talents. Well, it's just it's extremely hard for them to cover for that long, and that is one thing.
0: Like it's just
1: they've got to, yet another thing that needs to get cleaned up.
0: It kind of reminded me. Uh, Marquis Haynes' play all night reminded me of. I think it was NCAA football 2013 when they had the jump snap uh, feature on defense, to where if you mastered the jump snap, you would every single <laughs> <Right>. time just <laughs> blow up the offensive lineman. Um, so he was just. Just manhandling everyone all night. Um, the linebacker situation, last last thing for my bad things. Uh, DeMarcus Gates, I don't know what the hell he did, but he needs to stop because Taylor Polk <laughs> having to cover people in the open field is not good. It does not bode well for, for the future for the defense.
1: No, we desperately need him to, I don't know, if he'll have to go to like Haiti for a few days this week or whatever it is he's got to do, uh, but he needs to do yeah. that ASAP. We do, we, get do, back on the field. we do have
0: a bye week. Yeah, we have the bye week, so he could go to Haiti that's really true. Quick. Yeah,
1: yeah. He could go a long weekend done. it. Maybe that's what he'll have to do, but like you said, he desperately, desperately needs to get back out there because uh what we have uh uh is it's just it's not gonna be good enough against the rest of
0: the schedule. Yep. All right, so that's enough for the bad. So moving on to the good. Um <laughs> well, last bad thing but leads into the good thing. Uh Akeem Judd, what the hell are you doing, man? Score the score the damn ball. Um I don't I have no clue. Uh DeMore Strength Fellow, that that beautiful two hundred and thirty pound man had a wall built for you and you somehow managed to screw it up and step out of bounds on the three yard line. Um that right there I think would have been okay to dive into the end zone. Um there were some defenders in the area. Um he could have he could have dove. I mean, I don't think there's a flag there, um, but come on, man. Uh, But moving on to the good, him and Eugene Brasley had themselves a damn field day and then some against a bad Memphis run defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I never thought uh, Brasley would, you know, really contribute significantly at all throughout his career. I mean, I just thought he's just one, I mean, he's a fine backup, but you know, I didn't ever think he was going to do anything. And last night, I mean, I, I like I said, I know I it realizes Memphis, and they're not they're not good on defense. Uh, but he looked just fantastic. He looked, he had some explosiveness. He showed vision that I don't think he's shown uh, at all and uh and you know i don't know like we kind of talked about last night but i don't i don't know if he can do it against the rest of the schedule but i mean he absolutely has earned uh more carries i mean i I have to think so
0: yeah he always seems to look good uh, no matter what game it is um you know uh, i had some people tell me that he looks like a mini dexter i don't know if that's because of his diminutive size and his dreadlocks but that's high praise but he looked really good last night um Chad, uh, we talked about throwing off the back foot and how we hate it, um, but we don't hate his accuracy with the deep ball. Um, When he is cooking, I don't think there's anybody better. Um, He had some really, really, really good deep balls in this game. Yeah, that throw, I forget. I think it was in the third
1: quarter. I can't remember. Anyway, it was the throw down the sideline, and Stringfellow made it just an incredible catch, incredible that one just like he throws the ball, and you're just like how, like, how does he do that? Like, he should you shouldn't be able to do it like he does. Um, but uh, and he had another nice one. Ingram also made a nice catch over that defender, but same deal, he just puts it up uh, where he knows his, his giant guys can go get it. And uh, he's I mean, I, you know, we got on him earlier, but I mean, I wouldn't trade him for anybody. I mean, I, he's,
0: no, absolutely I, not. Yeah, that that string fellow throw was insane, it was a double move. And I mean, the Memphis defender was in good position, but Chad just puts it perfectly on that back shoulder and then just Stringfellow did the rest. It was an insanely, insanely good catch. Yeah, I mean, I was watching it live. Like, I was just, when I saw Stringfellow like, start to twist his body, I was like, well,
1: that's incomplete. Hopefully, it doesn't bounce up in there and get picked off, but he just snagged it. And it's just like, man. And he is, Stringfellow is just so, so, so strong. Just incredible.
0: So sticking with that, uh, the receiving core uh, was on display. Um, Stringfellow, six catches, 94 yards. Ingram, four catches, 82 yards and a touchdown. Van Jefferson, seven catches, 79 yards. Um, Those were the notables. Uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine today, um, actually a former cupper, um, and Van Jefferson kind of reminds me of a more explosive Vince Sanders. Um, just that guy that just has a knack for getting open. He runs excellent routes. He's catching everything, um, and he's just always there when you need him. Uh, it looked like Chad looked for looked his way a lot on third down. Um, what have you seen from the redshirt freshman so far through week five?
1: Yeah, I think uh, exactly what you said. He uh, he's big, bigger than Sanders, but uh, like I, I mean, they talked about all oh, the coaches are, like raved about his route running and. And you know, it's, 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 unless you're like specifically looking for that, it's hard to hard to see it. But I mean, the results are there. Like he's just he gets open. Oh, he's open all the time. I mean, uh, he's not as, as big and powerful as Stringfellow is, uh, but he just he's always somehow finds himself open. And I mean, I think I think the top two to me receivers would be Ingram and Stringfellow, and then uh, he's right there at number three. I mean, I I think those three are. are Easily the best, and uh, and it's been really, really nice to have him uh, develop and become that third receiver.
0: So, uh, moving over back to the defensive side of the football, Cedric uh, Woods and DJ Jones have a have yourself an afternoon or an evening. Um, the the flashy Cedric Woods, uh, he had two interceptions, one that he ran back for a touchdown, which was huge. Early in that game, where the offense was kind of sputtering a little bit, uh, I think that was a little bit of a, uh, you know, early play calling where Hugh Freeze was a bit conservative. Uh, I think that was a little bit of product of that. But huge pick six, and then he also had eight tackles and two pass breakups and coverage. Uh, DJ Jones had a fumble recovery and an interception, which was extremely athletic play for a big fella. I am pretty bummed that we didn't get a fat man touchdown when he picked up that fumble. Um, but what did you yeah. see from those two guys?
1: Yeah, that was the most disappointing thing of the of the night was no fat guy touchdown. I thought for sure he had it, uh, but he, he kind of like stumbled for a second there. Uh, but I but I, like I thought the play of the night uh, for me was uh, his di- like, Not just an interception; it was a diving interception. Like he's like laying out like yeah. safety, like coming over the top, <laughs> cutting the ball out, and it's just like what? How did that mean? Uh, so you know, no fat guy touchdown. But I will. Fully accept diving fat guy interception, and uh, and I like I thought Woods I thought Woods was was great, uh, and he also didn't he I think he dropped an interception too, uh, but he was oh yeah
0: oh yeah he did one of one yeah, of like but, seven on the night
1: <laughs> right, right right but other than that I mean I thought he was he was great and uh, I think Freeze said after uh, the game he said. Uh, you know, he's still young, you know, young and inexperienced. because I forget, he, I always forget, I thought he's been here for like five years, uh, but he's just, a, I think he's a true sophomore, and uh, he, Freeze just said, he thinks he's going to be a really, really good player, and I hope, hopefully uh, what he did last night will carry over
0: in the last half of the schedule, because uh, we need it. Yeah, shout out to Zedrick, um for all the uh, griping about Janard Avery and missing him, um, Zedric Zedrick Woods has turned out to be an, a really good SEC football player, and he was a two-star from Florida that the staff was able to find, give an offer, and sign. So, um, yeah, Zedrick continues to improve uh, after coming onto the scene last year, getting that big interception against LSU. Um, staying with the defense, we talked about them earlier, the two Jalens. Um, I, I just think that they continue to get better in coverage. They look more and more comfortable. They, they certainly don't look like true freshmen. No yeah that's
1: I mean uh, you you think about where we would be uh it, it, if if they like played like true freshmen like like you would expect them to uh we would probably be in a whole lot more trouble uh, but yeah, I thought you know I think one of them I forget which one the names are too close that's the, so now i can't in my old age now I can't keep them straight anymore, uh so I will always permanently confuse them, but I forget which one one of them had a a pretty uh, the pass interference penalty. Uh, I think I believe it was on Memphis' ninety-nine-yard touchdown drive.
0: Uh, it was Julius Jalen Julius.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was. We had him in a third down, and and he just he just never really turned around.
0: Yeah, the uh, ball I mean, hung thought, in the air for for a day and a half, and that was yeah. one of those. Mark Marquise Haynes just didn't break down, and Riley Ferguson was able to break containment heaves it downfield, and yeah, I mean, that's just a product of being young. He'll learn hopefully eventually, but he's got to turn and find that ball. If he, if he turns and finds the ball, he either knocks it down or intercepts it, because it was underthrown. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: and I, I mean, yeah, like I
1: said, it's not like, I mean, I guess we're, you know, to quote uh, a certain, certain old Miss writer, uh, we're picking nits, uh, but Overall, yeah, I mean, I think, I, I think they've <laughs> done they've they've done a great job. Uh, you know, I and and like you said, I, yeah, more and more what they play the better they're gonna get.
0: Yeah, and I think the thing that, that it's so encouraging to me, and I love, is that they do not hesitate to come up and run support. They are they are looking to thump somebody upside the head. Um, they come downhill and and they're coming with an attitude. So that's usually something that's hard to teach young guys that they, they the little guys want to stay back and an arm tackle, but they come up and, and they bring the woods. Yeah. Yeah. They are all, all the guys in the
1: secondary. Year. Yeah. They, uh, and especially though we talked about him a few minutes ago, but, uh, woods, especially he's extremely aggressive and coming up and run support, which is, uh, very, very nice to see.
0: So we didn't get a fat man touchdown, but we got two large man touchdowns, Jason Pellerin, uh, coming in and at the goal line with, uh, we're going to have to come up with some kind of cheesy, stupid nickname for his package. Um, But yeah, Pellerin, he looked very comfortable running the football. Um, The first touchdown he had Javon Patterson just completely whiffed on a block and Pellerin still stiff armed the guy and scored. Um, As much as I hate that gimmick stuff in the red zone, uh, he looked good.
1: Yeah. I think there's a, 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 Well, not necessarily. again. I'm like you. I'm hesitating here because I don't. Want, I don't want to see him in the red zone. But I think there is a time and place for him because he is, like I said, he is a big dude and he's a good runner. And uh, and you know the few times he's, especially even last against Georgia, uh, when he came in, like not in the red zone situations, uh, just he looked good. He looks good running the ball. So I mean, I think there's a place for him. It's just, please, for the love of all that is decent and holy, don't let it be down in the
0: red zone. Yeah, I um, it really drives me nuts. And I, I I've told this story to a bunch of people. I think I told it to uh to the fam and uh, our group chat. But um, my dad officiates high school football at Memphis, and he's told me horror stories about uh, how Hugh Freeze, when he was at Briarcrest, had Michael Orr at left tackle and could get at least eight to ten yards a pop running right behind him, and on third and manageable, he would draw up some double reverse pass. Um, and the man just loves making it difficult on himself for whatever reason. Um, so before we close, uh, the last two good things for me, the Rebels had over 600 total yards, which I don't care who you play. That's damn impressive. Um, you know, we talked about if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Um, after Memphis cut it to six, they had that 99 yard drive that you alluded to earlier. Uh, Ole Miss just went down the field in less than two minutes, uh, made it look extremely easy. Evan Ingram got another touchdown. Um, I don't understand why they don't just do that all the time. But, yes, over 600 yards of total off uh, – total yards is, is pretty insane against a good Memphis team. Yeah, that's I'm like you.
1: Like, I want to scream and complain about things. But, like you said, I mean, this freeze is basically just uh, – well, I'm free, but my whole – I guess my thing going into this game is – whatever let's just win by one point who cares it's, it's just get it over with get to the bye we get the rest of the thing so uh, that being said you get like you said you get over 600 yard offense win by 20 almost put half a 100 on uh, what I like you said I think it's, I think Memphis is going to be perfectly fine this year uh, it's hard to like actually be upset with anything I mean it's it's just naturally fun to complain but uh, I'm like you looking back it's I. it was a good win
0: yeah, and you know I, I I'm not a betting man. I don't use real money. Um, I'm too frugal and cheap. Uh, we do our pick 'em every week, but if I was a gambling man, I would gamble on this Memphis team a lot. They're uh, they're probably going to score a lot of points. I think Riley Ferguson is legit. I was skeptical, but uh, he looked the part um, in that game. Uh, last thing, uh, the gripe on this defense. You know, people were were wanting to you know possibly strip the Landshark nickname because they haven't been legit. Um, quote-unquote, uh, but they forced uh, turnovers against the Memphis they first They forced four, um, three interceptions. Uh, with a young secondary, three interceptions is huge. Uh, I know one of them was from the big man, D.J. Jones, but you have to love seeing this defense hitting their stride as we get to week five and then week six when they take the field against Arkansas.
1: Yeah, I, it was nice to see because they had the, – see the – Turnover's finally I guess carry over from Georgia because
0: uh
1: Derrick Jones had that interception against Georgia and then they pick off three more last night. Uh and it was you know, it was about time the turnover battle finally started going our way. Uh but yeah, like I said, they're they're aggressive and uh they're just gonna get better and it was nice to see uh more playing time, I guess, result in uh more interceptions.
0: So, uh, that'll wrap it up for the gray area on this Sunday. Um, as you awaken on Sunday, you uh, either remember or maybe you are just now realizing that Ole Miss won forty eight twenty eight going away. Um, I think, yeah, looking, the coach's poll is out. Ole Miss is 14, uh, and they are 14 in the AP, so... Uh steadily climbing. Uh they have Arkansas in two weeks, infayable. Always a tough place to play. Um thank God they're not playing in Little Rock. Um I don't know why they still do that, but um huge game. Arkansas uh waxed Alcorn State uh this past week after uh getting destroyed by A and M. But they gotta play Bama. So maybe that uh that old body blow theory will be in old missus favor.
1: Let's hope so, because like you say, going to Fayetteville is is terrible, and uh, in especially if it rains. If it rains, oh my gosh, it's just it's the worst. Uh, because then it just reminded me. I guess it was two years ago. We had we had an off week before Arkansas and went up there, and it was raining, and uh, we just got the crap kicked out of us. So I would like to not see that again.
0: Yes, that would be ideal. Um... So, for Gray, I'm Zach, uh, myself, and Michael Borky will be joining you later this uh, week. We'll do a little bit further dive into the week that was with college football. It is a bye week, so we won't have a guest, but we may, um, depending on what uh, the schedule looks like. But um, thank you for joining us. Uh, I hate that it took this long, Gray, but uh, I I like this little quick-fire Sunday recap. Um, so thank you for joining the gray area, the inaugural episode. But, uh, with that, I'm Zach, he is gray, and, uh, we will talk to you guys later. With lucky land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.